episode 45, why an EDD and how democratic collaborative efforts work for growth. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we are Dr. Brittany Clinton's perspective. Join 2017 Podcast Awards nominated host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, as he gets a rarely seen look into the specialties of all types of doctors and guests, plus marketing, travel tips, struggles, goals, and relationship advice. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. I couldn't be more thrilled. I'm starting a series this week. It might be a mini series or it might be a nice long series. It just depends on how many guests I can get lined up in a row. Right now we got psychologists, we got doctors of chiropractic, medical doctors, and more. We're doing a spotlight on African-American doctors, men and women. So stay tuned for the next couple of weeks. You're going to find out all about what they do, what their specialty is, maybe some unique struggles, some unique cultural experiences on top of some amazing knowledge that we can listen learn and implement to make our practices and our life better. The African-American Doctor Holiday Season Series on a Doctor's Perspective. Let's do this. Dr. Clinton is a passionate educator, leader, coach, and mentor. We're going to go into a lot of good things like PhD versus EDD. And my opinion was, well, what's an EDD anyway? So we'll find that out. What can volunteering teach us? Best way to declare a major and some unusually strong leadership virtues. Hope you enjoyed this hour. I sure did. Show notes can be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash four five. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China today, our guest has a passion and ability in coaching, mentoring, inspiring young women to greatness. She lives her life as an example of pursuing your dreams and accomplishing your goals. She published an ebook to pursue opportunities that will cultivate the implementation of democratic leadership among career center instructors and staff. Now, she has fulfilled many leadership roles with Alpha Mu Sigma Chapter of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority, the Order of the Eastern Star PHA and the Western Salem Community Appearance Commission. Her provocative and relatable talks are inspiring and uplifting all over the region. Big welcome, Dr. Brittany Clinton. Thank you. Man, you got a lot going on. I like this, this ebook. That sounds like a very specific book written for very specific people. I like this. Yes, absolutely. That was the goal to kind of uh, cultivate and, and shape um, the democratic leadership style in the 21st century is very important because companies and organizations and individuals that's working with one another, they need that kind of push to make sure that everything is kind of evenly yoked across the board. As a passionate educator, it is designed for um, instructors, staff, and other leaders, you know, that are seeking more knowledge on um, democratic leadership. Whoa. So what, let's go into that for a second. Where is it lacking? Like, what are some of the uh, pitfalls that you're seeing to actually have to even create an ebook to make it more democratic? What is what's going on there? What I've seen over time, you know, experiencing various roles in education from early childhood all the way up until um, adult education. The leadership roles that are fulfilled in all these institutions can come off just to be very political. They are political mm. and is more political driven versus heart driven and people driven. Right. So I always had this perception if, and then it's common sense, if a person is waking up just to come and get a paycheck, do you really think they're going to perform? No, <laughs> because no. the, you know, the leaders are not giving them what they need to be successful. So that's where the lacking come in with the leadership role and democratic collaborative, which is another word for democratic that's used often throughout the um, literature, being collaborative and working together is key. Mm. And a lot of organizations, they stuck on policies, stuck on positions and titles versus sticking on the main goal, which is to obtain that goal or provide that mm -hmm. service. It's centered around the people because the people is who see the, the daily operations of the organization or the company. Mm -hmm. And without the people, you can't survive. So if the people not doing what they need to do, you as the leader, at some point, you may be pushed out of a position. So why not learn the techniques of being collaborative and maintaining the the numbers of, of individuals in the company versus having such a high turnover rate? 
So it kind of help decreases that. Yeah, um, that makes sense. And I understand you have to go like by policy, you know, policy and procedures are there. You can't break those, mm-hmm. but you can bend your leadership style, your approach. And that's what's important. The approach when working with others. Yeah, because if you get political and they always, there's always those power hungry people, you're like, man, you've you've been here for 10 years, 15 years. Only thing, nothing's changed in the last 10 and they just want the power and I think we've all been there. We've all experienced that person where you're just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. How can we get somebody else in here? Or right. whatever. You know, there's, there's right. a lot of different complaints, but that's really cool in the, the democratic way. So you get the job done, keeping the rules, yeah. getting some changes and getting everybody on board. Right. Okay. Very Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Well, let's take a step back and figure out how are you even qualified for this? <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> Give us the story. Like, how'd you pick your profession and kind of going through the process of, of, of all the things that you could have been in life. Why this? I picked the profession in education because when I got in high school, it kind of started in high school. I was always placed in some leadership role. I was always coaching and guiding somebody. And I was young myself, you know, still mm-hmm. learning who I am. And as time went along, because I originally wanted to be a nurse. I just knew I was going uh, to nursing school at Winston State University, which I went for undergrad. I really thought I was going to go in to be a nurse. Well, it dawned on me by my senior year that I was a leader. I was in ROTC. I did that for four years. Um, oh, nice. I was a part of one of the distinctive community service clubs in high school. So I, I fulfilled leadership roles. And then I went on into a college prep program. I was Miss um, Western Salem State University Upward Bound. So that was a leadership role. And then when I actually got in college, because that was a college prep program, when I actually got oh, on the campus of Western State, I led a a one of the largest organizations on campus that give the campus tours to the the newcomers right so i was always filling leadership roles and i'm a teacher and coach at heart i'm always trying to guide and coach and help somebody else i love helping other people um so that's what landed me i did not expect to go off and get a doctorate's degree. That was not my intentions. I always wanted to teach at some point. I was like, oh, it'd be nice to be a college professor. Well, then, I mean, I'm not old, but back then when I first started in school, you needed only a master's to teach on a collegiate level. Well, by the time oh, I nice. earned the master's, okay, because I went back to back. By the time I earned the master's, well, the institutions, accreditation teams and things like that, the requirements changed. They wanted you to either have a doctorate or EDD, or be working on one. Hmm. I had to pick and choose. Okay, if you really want to do this, are you going to go for it or you're not? So I didn't stop. I kept going. I started at Capella, went for my EDD in education leadership and management, and here I am. And it's, and I chose it because I do have a passion and a purpose for helping anyone I come in contact with that I can help. So right. that's how I got where I am. Hmm. Now, do you have a normal job or are you all entrepreneurial? Uh, I do have a normal job. I okay. just recently began in the public school system as a fifth grade teacher. Okay. And I did higher ed online um, in the classroom, community college, um, learning coach, online virtual learning. I did that about seven, eight years with various institutions, because when you teach on a collegiate level, if you're not completely full time. You can work part time at more than one institution. So Mm. I did that. And so my children, I have two boys that are eight and nine. They are still in lower level schooling. So I said, I think it will be beneficial if I took the time now so that I can invest in their education Mm. and kind of shape the next generation, but keep my eye on my kids education at the same time. So to go into one of the schools in the area where I stay that that needs that strong support from passionate educators. And I'm a highlight passionate because you have to be passionate in order to be successful at this. And so I took on the task of going into the public schools. So now I'm teaching fifth grade. A lot of people ask me why. Why? Because I'm passionate for the next generation. That's yeah, I do. I work every day. Do you think that you'll switch over to like elementary and like high school as your kids get older? 
Um, or no, because and I'm gonna say I'm not going to follow them the entire way. I'm not gonna do that because they're boys, number one, mm-hmm. and I do want them to understand when they get middle school, high school. Mommy cannot hold your hand. Mommy's not oh, yeah, gonna for hold. Sure. Your, um, so right. I'm raising scholars, and and I say that wholeheartedly. No, they may not go to college. They may not go to a, I mean, university. They may go to a community college. Um, I don't push and prime. I push them to be great at whatever they are. So right. I don't plan to follow them. That's not the plan. Ultimately, the overall goal is to land some leadership role to be able to give back to other teachers that are coming into the field. Well, I think that's going to prime you well then, because if you don't have, well, they say you don't have to have the experience, but it's nice to have someone who's had the experience on, oh, I've done virtual classes. I've done seminars. I've done fifth grade for however many years. I'm ready. I've seen kind of all the different aspects. Now I really can, I can meet you where you are. Right. Absolutely. Okay. That's why I was asking about the high school thing, not necessarily to chase the kids. Most parents, I think, (laughs) your your kids would be like, Ma, come on, please go to a different school. (laughs) They're okay right now. They're okay. It's kind of like, oh, my mom's right down the hall. You know, and then my baby boy is like, oh, mom, don't, don't embarrass me. So. Oh, please don't. So, yeah. Just bring me some lunch money. Right. That's all I need. You know, I've, I've been saying this. Me and some of my friends, we've been talking about it. There's a lot of ed- overeducated kids these days who can't get jobs that can even pay back the student loans that they got. And we just came to the conclusion, you know, not everybody needs to kind of go to college, the, the normal, what everybody says these days. But if you're going to be a plumber or an AC repairman, or a, maybe you can go get a, a, a community college degree, be the best that you can be at it, be a, what do they call them? A... a like a master craftsman. There's a special name for that. Yeah. But be the best plumber and AC pair pan that you could possibly be. And let's just be honest. They make a lot of money. Yes, they do. They work hard and they sweat, but they're going to outperform a lot of college kids for a long time. Absolutely. And if you like what you're doing, you could have a fleet of trucks. You could be the next bright light repairman fixing electricity. I don't know. I'm just, that's all I have to say. I mean, I just don't think everybody has to go to college and get a doctorate degree to have a fulfilling and successful life. You are absolutely correct. You are absolutely correct. I actually, to piggyback on that, I actually, when I taught the college students at um, a community college, I would say that don't feel like you have to go to a university. You have to get a master's. You have to get a doctorate. No, it depends yeah. on what field you're going in. And I, and I use this prime example. If you want to be a nurse, mm-hmm. go and be a nurse. Okay. Do you have to be a licensed practitioner nurse? No, nurses start off good. You gain your tenure in the field. The money's going to come. The raises are going to come. You starting off good anyway. And like you said, those craftsman type jobs at the community colleges, absolutely. They, I can promise you, they're going to school mm-hmm. less time that I, that I have ever went. Okay. And they're making mm-hmm. more money starting off, you know, than I have. And I've went to school all these many years. But, and I tell people I went as far as I did because right. of the field that I'm in. That's the only way you can probably make a decent income is if you have those credentials in the field of education. Nurses, you can have a, a bachelor's and be just as fine. You could get your RN because I don't think an LPN these days is going to get you very far. But if you just get your two-year RN, eventually you can go get your, your, your bachelor's if you weren't on that track at first. Mm-hmm. You know, life has that. After you get your bachelor's, heck, then you can become a nurse practitioner if you really wanted to. That's the pinnacle of what they do. And they're pretty, they would hate to say this, they're kind of doctors. They got prescription rights. They have their own board. I mean, mm-hmm. a PA, you still have to have a doctor sign off. An NP is kind of like their own thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So and that's a different route. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. I like what you're talking about. What are some of the most common misconceptions about advanced educational degrees? And trying to implement that into like the workforce. <laughs> well, the misconceptions are is 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 not worth it. Just like you and I just chat chatted about, you know, mm-hmm. you can take a different route. You have some people coming out making more money doing different things in the field of education. Oh, you're not going to get paid what you're really worth and things like that. And I highlight again the word passion. Education mm-hmm. is my passion. I'm not just educating in the classroom. I educate outside the classroom. I have individuals like yourself that hit me up on social media. Hey, I want to see what you're about. I want to see what you're talking about. So it's not really just to market and brand yourself, but it's to market and brand your purpose and what you feel uh, um, led to do in the discipline area that you study. 
Okay, because if mm-hmm. and and people don't realize, um, and one major, major, major con- misconception that others have about those that earn um, doctorates or PhDs or EDD. Um, I retrieved the EDD, and I, I, I'm glad I got the opportunity to make this clear. I retrieved the EDD, and in the first part of my my first course that I had through my program at Capella University, we had to analyze the difference between a EDD and a PhD. And because they say, oh, oh, a lot of people don't get a lot of um, respect for the EDD. Well, guess what? When you go to graduation, we all sit together. You don't know who got the EDD or the PhD. The rationale behind it, the PhD is long-term research for Mm long-term results. Okay. Right. You're working on a project one or two, three years. Okay. You will use a PhD candidate that will actually take brand new theory to fix your issue. You need something huh. done within the next six months or you need some feedback. You hire an EDD candidate. They'll take the resources that you give them, the problem, the solution, because that's all you're researching a problem. You're locating a solution or solutions that work best. So you take hmm. those, that candidate. You that you get your information, your resources. You use a lot of critical thinking. You use theory and research that you've retrieved through your studies, and you go through and use an actual research process to get more than one solution that will best fit the problem um, or huh. make that fix. So that is the difference and the the misconception. Um, back to your main. Uh, question the misconception about the field that I'm in. That's what you get, especially if you have a doctorate. When the PhD signed his name or his or her name, it's the same way I signed mine. It's no different. Our right. research strategy is what makes it different. They're long term. We kind of like can fix it right then and there can kind of help you get your thoughts together right then and there based on the resources you already have. In addition to adding on. So that that's one misconception. I'm glad I had an opportunity to kind of clarify. I didn't even realize that you were EDD. Mm-hmm. I am EDD. Like, I got to scour your website better because <laughs> I was like, well, I'm looking. It's a good website and it highlights what you do. And you're like, hey, I don't have to talk about DR in front of my name. But yeah. I almost can see if you're like a corporation, you got the PhD giving you like the next 10 years strategy. And then you're like, but I'm going to hire an EDD to actually... The, the, in the we're in the trenches now. What do we have to do? We need to figure it out in the next six months to reach these ten year goals. Yes. So I can see almost somebody hiring both of those people, absolutely, long term and then the short term. And they do. Huh. Uh, they do. Colleges and institutions um, will hire both. They will hire both because they do understand. They understand um, the different research based route to take. Yeah. So yeah. Do you happen to have an example? This is on the spot on this one. An example of a project that you helped with and they saw a beneficial result directly because of the advice that you were giving? The the actual dissertation, I, I mean, I actually had to do. So you still had to do a dissertation? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I had to yeah. do that and I actually had to do conduct the research. So I had to do an experiment, oh. hands on. Okay. Yeah. Um, had to get it approved and everything um, um, to fulfill it. So so I had instructors and coordinators and staff members that I had to work with to um, kind of observe and coach within that six month period mm-hmm. to, you know, see where they were with their leadership style and then go in and observe, do some coaching sessions with them. OK, well, these goals can be obtained a little bit better if you try this. So giving them kind of like some strategies, some things to use um, to make it more of a collaborative, you know, environment so that the numbers of serving the clients in the lab that I worked in was, yeah, would, would, would go up and they can meet the goal and surpass the goal by the end of the year. So what type of stuff are they measuring? They're measuring the number of job leads that the job leads organization place you know how many people got jobs when they came to this workshop or came to get their resume built or came to do mock interviews um things like that Hmm. so increasing those numbers the job placement numbers from the community 
after the intervention, go back to observe. And of course, I had different instruments while I'm observing and checking off to see if they're actually implementing those, you know, democratic leadership right. practices. And it actually worked. The numbers increased. That's a good thing. Um, yes. So the research, you know, it did work. The literature that I researched on democratic leadership and how to implement it and things of that nature, it actually worked. So that was a good thing, a good outcome. Okay. Yeah. So there's always going to be a tangible kids' grades got better, more applicants applied, more applicants actually got jobs or you know, different things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. you actually got hired, whatever the, the actual issue was that they're like, hey, this is the issue. And I'm guessing at some point you have to almost help them define what the issue is. They see maybe symptoms. Right. And you have to get in there and figure out this is actually what you need. This is a goal that you got to have. And now here's a plan. Absolutely. And that's how we can measure it. Yep. It's critical, critical thinking beyond the surface. Because, you know, okay. you know, most people, oh, well, we're just going to use the regular critical thinking cycle. Okay, well, in each component of a, a six-strand critical thinking, uh, uh, in-depth critical thinking process, each part of the, the the process, you have some highlighting questions that need to be asked so that by the time you get to, you know, intervening and uh, setting up interventions and making a solution, coming up with a consensus, you, it'll mm-hmm. kind of be more clear, transparent, but across the board, everything will equal out. Yeah. You know, okay. you can kind of see it full circle. I'm seeing a lot of doctors with these side hustles and they're trying to create this and they're trying to create that, like these programs. And if you had a, if you had an educational program, whatever you wanted to teach, and you're like, I really want to bring the most value possible. Like I have an, you know, you have an idea, you, you, you think you can put it on a Udemy or one of these sites. Is, is your degree somebody that you could talk to like, Hey, this is kind of what I'm doing. This is the approach that I'm having. Can you evaluate it? And where am I pitfalling so that I could make sure that students actually complete the course? Because, you know, online courses, people typically like, I think the completion rate's less than 40%, something crazy. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's like in college, I guess. But is that something that someone with an EDD could do? Yeah, absolutely. Going in, and it's very broad. We, we, we did a lot of case studies from Harvard um, University, um, going through Capella University. So it was more than just educational institution and associations that we actually examine and, and apply mm-hmm. these theories to. So to answer your question, yes, absolutely. The right person yes. could definitely do it. Yes. If they have a passion for that. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. What are your unique abilities, your mindsets that set you apart from your competition? I think... It's like an interview question. What makes you I know. qualify for this job? <laughs> Um, I honestly believe my personality, my drive, my commitment, and my submissiveness when it's time to literally work with a person one-on-one. Like, I'm just totally, totally, totally um, excited about taking the person to the next level. And so mm-hmm. when, I, when I'm first introduced to that person, they can see that, they can feel that. And so... I would say that and then the resources, you know, that I have that I'm valuable, willing to share. Um, And I think it's my approach. Once again, it goes back to what we talked about before. When you approach people, especially your first time is everything. So, Mm -hmm. you know, getting someone motivated or asking those inspiring, open ended questions, you know, to have them thinking like, oh, wow, no -hmm. one has really never asked me that you know, type thing. So I would say that. Very good. This is a fun part. I think we got kids. I like always, I call them these kids in college. I mean, you're still teen and behind. I like the joke. You still got teen behind your name. You're still a kid. (laughs) I'm 19. Yeah, that's right. Just 19. No. So college, college age people, they're coming out of school or they're thinking about what should I major in? Or they just got out of school and they're like, now what? Any advice for them, especially if they're struggling? Yeah. Take your first year of college and figure it out um, because you have until the end of your freshman year to really confirm your major. It's true. Um, and the thing is, I always encourage those that are going to college um, or at a community college, because I've taught on that level as well, locate an institution that 
has a very successful rate in the program in which you want, you know, what you want your degree to be in. Well, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, because job placement, high graduation rate, that's important. So Mm -hmm. I would encourage if you really, really struggling on what you really want to do, go to a community Mm -hmm. college. Take up the basic main courses, okay, the the refresher courses. Take all that, get your mind together, really zone in on, because you're still learning yourself, zone in on what you will wake up and love doing. If you have what to wake up. What did you enjoy studying that day? Right. What do it you. It could be trig. Yeah. I mean, it could be anything. What yeah. do you have a passion for doing every single day? What could you wake up every morning and be so excited to get dressed to go do? That's what you need to be majoring in. Yeah. And if it's clubbing, you can. Entrepreneurship. Clubbing that much at 18. <laughs> you know, I just love this and I love that. You could probably learn to be a DJ or like you could set up sound equipment. Okay. You know how many churches hire you to fill out, like, okay. we need to upgrade our sound system. Exactly. And they'll hire you for the job. Yeah. You're like, you like bass? Is this for audio <laughs> acoustics? What, what we need today? <laughs> right. So, and I tell people, and I and I, I use this funny joke all the time. If, because, you know, you have a lot of people come out of school. Oh, I'm going to school to be a nurse. I'm going to school to be a nurse. Because they make the most money. Okay. Well, if you know deep down the side, if you see some blood, you're going to pass out. Why are you going to school to be a nurse? You ever change the diaper? Right. You can't handle that. Right. Good luck. Adult diaper. I would never want to be a nurse. I know what they do. I see what they do. That's not for me. Really? Mm -mm. Oh, no. That's too much. That's a lot of work. They work hard. They do. I actually, um, on behalf of, of, of my mother... Um, being a stage four head and neck cancer survivor and my grandmother being a heart patient, I actually went and got certified as a CNA during mm-hmm. the time while my mom was going through treatment and, um, and, and I passed and I got, you know, I'm registered and all that other great stuff. Right. And so when you're doing your clinicals, yeah, if you don't like blood, if you, if you got a sensitive stomach, Mm-mm. why are you wasting mom's money? Your time, Uncle Sam's money, anybody else's money that, 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 that's helping you get through school and you know you're not going to like one work every day. One word. Volunteer. Okay. Before you You could commit. volunteer. <laughs> yes. That, it's not. I mean, if a kid asked me even in like 16 years old, hey, can I like shadow you for a day? Come on in. Absolutely. Come on in. Let's, let's see what I do on a daily basis. And then you can make that snap judgment. You're like, nope, that's not for me. Oh, yeah, that, that sounds cool. Where, what should I do? What's the next step? Absolutely. But a lot of young people, and I encourage them to do so, a lot of young people don't want to volunteer. They want to get paid for everything they do. And the thing, the key to success is you have to put in the time. That's a parenting issue, isn't it? And it can be. I mean, I can't volunteer. Come on. What? Some what parent needs to step up. Hey, uh, you will volunteer. You're going to get out of the house. Well, right, 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 this. right. Yeah, so it does have something to do with yeah. parenting. Um, like, my kid's not going to have a choice. I mean, I don't want to volunteer. Why would I volunteer when I can go get a job? Yeah. Right. Like, but you, 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 because volunteering provides network opportunities, mm-hmm. which provides yeah. jobs. So you volunteering at one time can lend you a full-time opportunity, but yeah. you'll never know that. And you wonder, wow, how did such and such get the job? Oh, wow. How are you able to do that? Yeah. Well, I was out there volunteering like you, and yeah. somebody approached me and I, this opportunity land landed. And, and, and that's how, you know, if you wanted to be a veterinarian, there's probably op- opportunities to volunteer at organizations. And now, you, like you said, you just met 15 different vets of different varieties and you could use that later on when you're out of school, maybe get a job or even with the sorority stuff that you're talking about. I know there some of them are way more service oriented than others. But what a network that you create just yes, you do in volunteering and doing stuff with them after you graduate. Absolutely. And I did join the organization after I graduated from undergrad. And so it is community service based. It's leadership based. So it fit me all around the rim. It molds and shape you. To know how to mm-hmm. conduct business, how to get things done, how to make those partnerships and network with other people. How to, I mean, just how to do, it's the how-to guide. It shapes you, molds you. And so with that, you know, being involved in so much over time, over the years, um, this year I actually launched my own nonprofit. What? Yes. Servicing single parents, mothers, fathers and veterans. Yeah. Fathers. Um, uh-huh. So. So. And I just launched that September the 16th, 2017. 
And so that with the experience that I've had in the past with other organizations, I was able to take my vision and, and actually bring it to life. What's your flagship right now or what's your flagship goal or program? The goal is to offer different workshops for free for single parents that will give them resources and also a second hand of helping. So every single parent may not be able to get a gift card and actually go get themselves something Mm -hmm. or, you know, they may need a bus pass. They don't have transportation. Well, the foundation can donate you a bus pass, you know, for two months to get on the bus or your bus pass Mm -hmm. so that you can go land that job, you know, offer resume workshop, offer workshops. And we got some coming up where it's training the parents how to be aware of abuse with children Mm. um, to kind of recognize those symptoms. So whether it's their own child or a friend of their child um, to recognize that and kind of be able to know what direction to go into and and to what's this called my foundation yeah. beacon of light foundation incorporated okay how can they reach that they can reach it www.drcbeaconoflightfoundation.com okay and I can dr c beacon of light foundation.com mm-hmm. it'll be in the show notes so so yeah that that is always been my goal and the and the vision came about because I'm a single parent and I obtained a lot of accomplishments being a single parent, but it's a story behind that because I had a village that helped me um, and molded me. And I had mentors that pushed and pushed and put, even when I was tired, they pushed and pushed and Mm. pushed me um, because they saw the potential I had to be great in leadership. And so, and they knew I wanted it. I wanted it. So they helped, they pushed, they groomed and it was hard. And now it's still challenging landing that, you know, because they're like, oh, you got a doctorate degree, you should have a six-figure job. Well, many of those jobs are not around here. I would have to either move out of the state, move out of the country, you know, to really get that. But Mm -hmm. I have to think about them first. I can't think about me all the time. You know, me sacrificing to go to school that long period of time, having them, raising them. It took time away from them. So I got to give back to them as a mom, a good mom, and not be selfish. That's why I haven't accepted. Have I been offered it? Yes. Six figure jobs. Yes, I have. Yeah. But they come first and it takes a village. So when do, when does a kid, I mean, I know that like military families, man, they're moving all the time too much. And then is there a point where you're like, okay, I can take them out of like when they transition from like a primary to an elementary or elementary to high school. Is that a good time to, to maybe take a position because they're kind of moving into a new realm anyway? Uh, Yeah. The younger, the better with the transitioning. The younger, the better. Okay. I wouldn't say do it as soon as they get in middle school because they're, they're really becoming like, oh, mom, my friends are better than you or they're more important than life itself. So they're going through those hormonal changes and you ain't got time for them to be acting out in middle grades. Because, Getting right. awkward. Yeah. So the younger, the better. And then that's true. That's such an impressionable age where they start doing drugs and getting into they do everything. early sex and getting babies and all that kind all of stuff. That. And I'm not mm-mm, this mama right here. I don't have time for that. So you're on the cusp too. Ten. Uh, yeah. That's horrible to say that you're on the cusp. That's like three, four years from now. But like you hear stuff, man. And it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the younger, the better. Even with the schooling, the younger, the better. Yeah. They don't really remember me going in the room, closing the door and them banging on the door, crawling and scratching on the door because they want mommy to come out. But mommy had to, you know, write a paper. They don't recall that. The only thing they recall now is, oh, they'll tell you, my mommy is a doctor of education. She's not a medical doctor. She can't fix your toe, but she can point you in the right direction. I didn't even know you guys existed Yeah. at that age. There's an education. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? No, doctors fix people. That's it. I don't That's know what it. else y'all are talking about. I don't know nothing else. So they 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 see mom did great things. Strong mom. Yeah, strong mom. That's they that's what they see. My mom is a go getter. And so I'm kinda like their role model. Their dad is their role model as well. Um he mm-hmm. works very hard and he gets them on the weekend. So he, he's a great example of hardworking and from a male perspective, um, which is good. So kudos on that end. But yeah, sure. they see mom as strong. And I talk to them. I educate them. I talk to them. Yeah. It was hard. 
it was hard. I was walking on campus and it, with my baby boy. I tell him, yeah, I was walking on campus and you were hungry one morning after I had eaten and, and my pressure dropped and I fell out on campus. So the, the ambulance had to come all the way on the campus to pick your oh, mommy gosh. up and take you to the ER because you, you was like still developing. I was like four months. Yeah. I said, and, and I took a couple of days away and I went right back to class because mommy was determined to finish in four years. So I can move along. Wow. So, yeah. Oof. Hey, what? Your sorority, the colors you're wearing right now, was that your sorority? No. No, it's not. The color of my sorority okay. is Warrior Blue and Antique Gold. Um, Sigma Gamma okay. Rose Sorority Incorporated. Once this goes live, shout out to all my Sarahs, my educator Sarahs. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're, we're educated, poised, elegant, friendly women mm-hmm. that are designed for greatness. So, yeah. Watch out. Yeah. Uh-huh. I recognize those colors. That's why I was curious. Yeah. Well, what about, well, you don't do much marketing, do you? Or do you do marketing? What you mean, like marketing myself? Yeah, when you market yourself to try to get these speaking gigs and the foundation. Um, sort of, but not heavy. Okay. If, if that we'll makes skip sense. skip this question. Yeah. Yeah. I know some people, that's all they want to do is they're, they're creating a, a speaking gig. Uh, you know, yeah. my job is speaking gigs and I go to all these different places. I yeah, know no, that's- no, that's not me. My goal is to land opportunities that will allow me to share my story, not just okay. where I am. But at some point, you know, if I land the opportunity, that would be great. I, I will humbly accept. Okay. But I, that's not what I wake up thinking about every single day because those opportunities are going to come. Yeah. And once I connect with individuals like yourself mm-hmm. and you see the things that I do and what I can do, word of mouth is your best advertisement. So I'm sure at some point landing another opportunity that may cause me to be able to travel and actually sit on a podium to speak yeah. will come about. So I just kind of roll with the flow with the marketing thing. You know, I was talking to my wife last night. And I said, I was talking about um, purchasing this program to save time. And it's expensive. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, Justin, I just don't know. Like, she's Chinese and we live in China. And so she's like, I don't understand this American thing where you got to grind. She didn't say grind, but you got to grind for like so long, for like a year, two years, three years before you can succeed. She's like, that's just like in China, you have to be somebody already she's like why would i why would i buy your program why would i listen to you you're not famous and i was like well how do you become famous in china and it was kind of like a stalled out conversation there but she was just like you guys have to grind so hard in america for so long and don't see any return and then hopefully at some point it finally comes to fruition i was like yeah that's i guess that's yeah that's exactly what everybody tells you like it i was a three-year overnight success that's what they say yeah so it was just interesting that was the transition to what are some of your five or 10 year goals? My goals within the next five or 10 years would be definitely traveling a little bit more mm-hmm. to service other leaders, to share my story, share what's taking place right then and there, because leadership is always changing. It's forever changing. So going to different workshops and things like that to, to get those skills and um, assets to be able to apply. And one thing I will say about scholars um, that have doctorates, PhDs, EDDs, you have so much opportunity um, to do bigger and greater things within the next five or 10 years to publish another book, land more speaking engagement around the country mm-hmm. and be able to, you know, provide not only for, for me, but for my children as well. Making an educational experience because it's important. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, let's switch this up a little bit. You want to take more. Are you able to take much vacation? I guess you're a teacher now. So, I mean, my goodness, you've got half the year off. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but how does somebody take more vacation? Are you able to take any trips with... um two small kids and you had a lot on your plate. Well, here recently is, is I'm able to kind of think a little bit more about that. Um, mm-hmm. I took a trip last spring with my significant other. We went to Miami. I didn't take no kids because it oh, yeah. right after I finished school. <laughs> so I was excited to be away from the land that I'm originally mm-hmm. from. To get on the plane and get in the sky and see. I mean, it was like, you know, Disney World getting on the plane. Now it's like, okay, 
I'm kind of like the adult where I'm sitting and plotting, okay, this month, this will be a family trip. We're going to go here towards the end of the year. Let's just do something with me and you. And then we're going to go visit my dad this holiday. And then, you know, so now I'm able now that schooling is completely out the way. And I'm yeah. solely focused on career, raising my children and, and settling my life itself. I'm able to think more about the traveling component. I'm hearing intentionality. Yes. Yes. Getting it That's together. So mm-hmm. I hadn't been able to. I have. I went somewhere last year. And so the goal is to book more flight, whether yeah. it's a hey, speaking you know engagement or whether it's a, just a regular trip. That's the greatest thing if you can combine both. That's something I learned on the podcast is if you have continuing ed or if you can do a speaking gig. I only speak on Saturday. Friday and Sunday could be sightseeing at the whatever city you're in. Yeah. Very good. What about, well, I even, I don't even think I need to ask this question. Anything preoccupy your mind besides kids, hobbies, and volunteering? Sounds like you got a full plate to me. Anything else? Food. Oh, yes. Pedicures. Pedicures. I love getting my feet done. That is just amazing. Um, Shopping. Are you a shopper or an online shopper? Both. Hey, curious. Are there great foot massages in your area? Yeah. 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 That's, that's where it's at. I don't know about getting my nails done, but just getting in there. Oh, my goodness. You relax my feet. I feel like I just had a cloud nine. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And and it's so relaxing. So I do that. And then I play like this little game on my phone. I do it to wind down at night. Um, It's got like the little squares and you have to, you know, put the squares <laughs> together. Yeah. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> all that, all that. You gotta okay. like wind down, you know? I mean, you gotta have something. Yeah. You definitely have to yeah. have something. And so um, I do that or I'll scroll through social media. Oh, that's a time suck, isn't it? Yeah. It God, is. Man. It really is. And then. No, I'm not, compl- I'm not, I'm not criticizing either. No, I do it too. no, no. I just, no. I'm just it saying, is like, such it, a time. Yeah. You're not is. just doing something productive. You ain't doing nothing else. You, you can definitely do that. And then actually buffering a lot of the quotes that come to my mind or that I like to share on my social media site. Yeah, I love Buffer Um, because I can sit there, relax and think, gather my thoughts and and really like put time into some of the quotes that are meaningful to me. And so I put it in the buffer. They go out, hit Twitter. Then from Twitter, it automatically goes on to um, my Facebook. So it's like tackling two audiences at once. Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't know what Buffer is, you can schedule posts. It goes to Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, a bunch of other ones, but you're limited if you're not paying for it. You can put whatever you want, several different pictures. They got an Instagram reminder. It's not integrated yet, but it'll just remind you to to post. So you can sit down for two hours and have an entire month or week's worth of posts, which is what we do in this podcast, by the way. Awesome. Yeah. So we definitely use Buffer all the time. How do you get a work and home life balance? I mean, you definitely have to organize it. And I've learned over time. Now, the only thing that I focus on majority of the time are my children and work my nonprofit. Monday through Friday is kids, family, work. I do what I need to do at work. I leave work at work unless Ah. I get an email of an emergency from the principal that needs, you know, something needs to be taken care of. Other than that. Right. Soon I walk out the door, that's there. Um, so when I come home, I can focus on the boys, but they already know they have a one hour or a two hour time frame each day. So when we get in the car, mm-hmm. mommy need one hour, depending on how my day ended, or mommy need two hours. Mm-hmm. So within that one or two hours, it's open, free choice. You either do your homework, you find a snack, you chill out, whatever. By that second hour, your homework must be completed. Within those two hours, you can't ask me no questions. Mommy need mental shutdown time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, pick back up after that. You know, it's kind of like more routine Monday through Friday, um, as you can see. I like that because it, it structures your kids to this is your time to be responsible. If you're hungry, eat. Yeah. You know, you got homework. Yeah. Why not try to get it done? Because then then mama can play with you if you want. Exactly. Absolutely. I check homework after those two hours are up. After that, you're responsible. Get your clothes up. You know, so so the older they get, I mean, they know how to iron, they know how to 
sort, wash, you know, so. What? Yes. My mom spoiled me then. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, so it's, it's more routine Monday through Friday. Saturday, I'm so laid back, so laid back. The doctor hat comes off on Friday at five o'clock sharp. Sometimes, probably earlier than that, as soon as I walk out the building, three thirty, four o'clock. The doctor yeah. hat is off. Um, I want to yeah. be Britney sometimes. So, so during the weekday is Monday through Friday is a routine. As long as I got my coffee in the morning, I'm yes. good. Are you a drip, drip, drip coffee or what you do? Oh no. I have to have my morning coffee from McDonald's, two creams, 10 sugars, vanilla syrup. <laughs> Not really 10 sugars, no, huh? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're talking oh, about you're talking about fifth graders here. Early in the morning? <laughs> OMG, uh, yes. You're in the South, right? I am. I uh-huh. am. I am. 10, sh- ten sugars and one, one sweet tea. I understand that. I'm <laughs> from there. Yes, yes, yes. It has to be diabetical. If it ain't a diabetical coffee or tea, I'm not drinking it. I got to be mm-hmm. able to taste the sugar just a little bit. Um, so, uh, yeah. That makes me laugh. It's such a different, uh, <laughs> my, my crew of circle is always like, oh my gosh, sugar's the devil. Can't you just drink black coffee? You're like, no, I cannot drink black no, coffee. No, black coffee. The don't, Lord no, made no, cream no, no, no. and it's going in there. Right. <laughs> the problem is my coffee ends up tasting like Irish cream and it, you're just like, that's not really coffee anymore. It's just a right. hit because there's so much cream in there. Sugar. Yeah. 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 That's what I, I do. I love it. I love it. Hey, you said you had a significant other. What do you do to keep the love alive and feel connected? Uh, communicate, communicate. Do you have like a schedule at all? Like on Sunday mornings, sip coffee and have a conversation that matters? Well, he's not a coffee drinker. He's ex-military. So he's structured himself. Um, he mm. has a work schedule, a, a school schedule. The times he's off because he has like, you know how the nurses have the three 12 hour shifts, three days in a row and four days off type thing. He has one of right. those type schedules. The days where he's off. I went to the gym one day with them. I done got to the place where, like I said, after all the schooling and, and stuff, I just want to do what I want to do. So sitting, eating, sleeping, watching TV is like a kid in a candy store for me right now. Um, so right, right. We'll, we'll go to the gym. Um, we do try to do something once a week on the weekend. Get out, go do something, walk somewhere, do something. The goal is to plan an annual trip to get away. Yeah. And so went to Miami the last time. Not sure where we'll go the next, but we're definitely planning for yeah. the upcoming year. So yeah, if we 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 work it, we're working it out most definitely. Well, let's hit up these last couple of questions. We'll let you get back to your your life here. All right. Favorite book, blog, or podcast that you secretly love, and the one that you would definitely recommend everybody has to check out. Well, I secretly love my published book. Don't we all? Yes. It's probably the best thing that's been published, I'm, I'm assuming. Of course, um, yeah. which is located on Amazon. You can look up Dr. Clinton on Amazon and it'll come up under um, the leadership tab, incorporating democratic leadership among sh- instructors, staff and coordinators. And, and it's a really wonderful guide for doctoral learners just, you know, trying to put their uh, dissertation together. It is a qualitative research uh, approach, um, not quantitative, a qualitative um, research approach for those scholars that are familiar with those terms. So that's what I love at this point because I'm a passionate educator, leader, coach, and mentor. So it's a really wonderful go-to guide to help get your organization, team, or company um, on one accord. I'll link it to the show notes too. Thank you. Last question is the fun one. Any favorite apps for your phone, whether it's business or personal? Uh, Snapchat. Really? Snapchat is fun. It's funny because, you know, you have the little pictures on there. Oh, that's true. And it's just to kind of like to step out the box because, you know, professionals, we're always like, you know, suited up and using the right terms and things like that. Snapchat kind of like have fun with your friends and use little faces that you can put on there. So I, I like that. Yeah. I, I keep it clean. All my social media is clean mm-hmm. because my, that's a good thing. Yeah. Because my, my I do understand my name, my profession is important to me. So I'm not going to risk it trying to yep. get the most like or the most ad. If it's not a professional ad or anything like that, then no. Um, you know, I think I got you on that one. Yeah. Any closing remark? Any other major websites that people can find you on? Yes. So thanks for listening. 
Once again, um, my name is Dr. Brittany Clinton. You can find me on Twitter um, with the handle at B-M-E-D Clinton. Um, I'm also on Facebook as Dr. Brittany Clinton, as well as in Instagram, Dr. B. Clinton. You can also um, reach out www.drbrittanyclinton.com. Um, Spell Brittany. B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y. Okay. That's one of those names that has like yes, yes, ten, yes. 10 different ways. Yeah. So it's N-E-Y um, with two T's. So yeah, absolutely. Definitely reach out. I, I love collaborating with new people, new groups of individuals. Um, I'm a very diverse driven person when working with different populations. So yes, absolutely. Very good. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch for sure. Dr. Brittany, thank you so much for all that you shared today. Single mom, going to school for that many years and writing a dissertation. And now, like you said, teaching fifth grade, starting your own nonprofit. You got a lot on your plate. And I think that's going to be an inspiration for a lot of the audience. When you put your mind to it, you can do it. As always, listen, learn, implement. Show notes at doctorsperspective.net slash four or five. Stay tuned for the travel tip. Thank you for listening to the podcast, The Doctor's Perspective. Thank you for writing reviews on wherever you listen to it, ranking us five stars, hopefully. Listen, you all know I got a book out. I've been working on a version 2.0. Right now, if you buy it, send me an email with the receipt and I can send you five bonus chapters. It'll just be this long PDF, but we're going to have some nerve stretches, creating and executing a budget, ways to cut expenses, optimal calorie consumption calculator fit directly for you, and some ideas about fasting. So if you want some of these bonus chapters before they're released in version 2.0, just send me that receipt via email and I'll get them over to you. As always, we got some t-shirt designs for the logo, uh, for chiropractic. There's also a buy host a cup of coffee, upgraded that. It's on the main webpage. And lastly, stay tuned. A secret project will be coming out. Definitely go to a doctorsperspective.net top right. There are all the social media icons. Pick which one you love to follow most. Friend me, like me, say hello. I'll definitely respond back. Oh yeah. Today's travel tip. Travel in the off season, just after the main rush. You don't have to wait, you know, if it's a summer thing, you don't have to go in the middle of winter, but kind of go in that late season where there's like a week before it closes or like the week after it's peak season. And you can find this online. You'll save money. It won't be that bad. Like if, you know, you're going in the water, how cold will the water really be one week later? Um, if it's winter, you know, you get it. Travel off season if you can, but close to the normal season. We just went hashtag behind the curtain and this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media and visit the show notes on a doctorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective. <laughs>